Recently, I gave a spiritual life survey to some 600 teenagers, asking them what's going on in their lives right now. One of the questions I asked on this survey was this, what is the biggest challenge to teenagers and their faith lives today? Now, many might think they would have come back with responses like alcohol or drugs or sexual temptations, but surprisingly, that was way down at the bottom. The number one identified challenge for teenagers today was this, anxiety, worry, and depression. Number two was something very similar, my identity, what I think of myself, what other people think of me. So this is to say, something like 80% of teenagers I surveyed said something social or emotional or psychological were their biggest challenges to faith in their lives today. But you know what? I don't think they're alone. From my experience, this is something that many adults are struggling with too. And maybe you find that, that you're holding in some kind of hurt right now. Some problems at work or problems with family or problems with relationships. Maybe you're feeling guilty right now about something that you've done. Or, or you have doubts and, and worries about God and your faith. When we have emotional stress, when our feelings hurt, these can bring great challenges to our faith. And so this week, I want to talk to you about who we are in Jesus, our faith versus our feelings. Sometimes we may feel a certain way, but God says the facts are completely different. Let me give you a quick example today. There are some times when you might be feeling like you are spinning your wheels in the mud. You are trying to advance in life, but you are getting absolutely nowhere. You might feel like every time you catch a break, something else breaks down. Other people have more success and happiness, and you might feel, I am totally worthless. But even though you might feel worthless, the fact is God says something different. Listen to this verse from Ephesians chapter 1. In him, in Jesus, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. You might feel worthless, but the fact is, in God's sight, you are priceless. He has lavished riches of grace on you in Jesus. Jesus has redeemed you, which means he bought you back. He paid the price with his own life. He paid your entrance fee to heaven. There is nothing worth more than Jesus Christ himself. And so sometimes I might feel worthless, but here's the fact. God says you are priceless in his sight. Sometimes, Sometimes I lie awake at night, staring at the ceiling, heart pounding, blood pressure soaring. I feel like I'm going to break into a, a cold sweat. I feel sick to the stomach and I think, how could I have done that? What was I thinking? Ever have those kinds of conscience-stricken moments? I know I find it very unique that it's not just what I did or said yesterday or last week. It's actually the stuff like 20 years ago that still comes back to haunt me. So embarrassingly shameful. How could I have done that? 
These are the kinds of things that you would never, ever want your friends or your family to know because you would run far, far away if they did. And yet your conscience tells you, God knows. And that hurts. I remember one time there was a young lady in my office and, and she was sitting down and she had her face in her hands and her hair was all strewn about and she was sobbing uncontrollably. How could I have done this? I feel so ashamed. I feel so dirty. I feel so guilty. Sometimes I have those kinds of moments. I bet you do too. But even though I might feel guilty, the fact is, God says something very different about us. Listen to this special verse in 1 Corinthians. It says, You were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. I might feel so guilty, but God says this incredible truth, I've been washed. The blood of Jesus Christ, which is perfect, which is spotless, which is holy, that washes me clean. It sanctifies me, which means to make me pure or holy. And so now when, when God looks at me, he doesn't see all the wrong things I've done. He actually sees his own son, Jesus. And that's why he justifies me. He declares, I'm not guilty. The Bible is filled with all these kinds of verses. It's so beautiful. Things like, though our sins are as scarlet, we shall be as white as snow. Or our sins, our wrongs, they're buried at the depths of the sea. Or, or as far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed them from us. Some days I might feel so guilty, but here's the fact. God says in his sight, I am forgiven, I am loved, I am declared innocent, all for the sake of our Savior Jesus Christ. I can't. Now there is a phrase, if I hear that again, I might just go berserk. Dealing with teenagers on a regular everyday basis, this is something that I hear all the time and it drives me crazy. I like can't. I totally, literally can't even right now. Really, you literally, literally can't even pick up a pen and take notes? Hmm, well, I think you're literally going to get a detention right now. My children do this kind of thing too. Dad, Dad, I can't put on my shoes even though I'm eight and I've been doing it for six years already. It's amazing, I guess sometimes even amusing, how quickly we come to terms with weakness, that we can't do things. But you and I know as we get older, it gets more serious. Soon our schedules start overloading and the bills start piling up, the doctor visits, the ailments, the heartache, the heartbreak, and there gets to be times where we're in situations where it is true that we literally can't. You know, there was a time when the Apostle Paul had this kind of situation. He was begging and pleading with God to take away this thing that was plaguing him, whatever it was. But this was God's beautiful response to him. The Lord said back, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. I might feel at times like I am so weak, like I, like I have absolutely nothing. But the fact is, God says, I actually have everything I could ever want or need 
because I have his grace. It's God's grace. It's his undeserved love that, that leads him in compassion to listen to your prayers, to help you, to heal you, to support you, to strengthen you. It's God's grace that leads him to treat you like you are his own dear child. Sometimes when I feel so weak, I am driven down to my knees because I can't. But those are the moments God says that through my Lord Jesus, I can because in him I am strong. There was quite the conversation in my car the other day. My 11-year-old son was rather matter-of-fact as he was reasoning with me. You know, Dad, I'm, I'm not trying to be greedy or anything. Really, I'm not. I would be totally okay. It would be absolutely fine with me if I got nothing for Christmas. Seriously, Dad, seriously. If I just only got one thing, a hoverboard. Now, there's a very hopeful young man. I find it interesting how we use the concept of hope in our culture. I hope my favorite team wins the World Series. Well, I hope gas prices drop soon. I hope it doesn't snow next week, which, by the way, is actually one of my hopes right now. You know, the way that we talk about hope in our culture, it's really more of a wish, like wishful thinking. I wish this would happen or this doesn't happen. Have you found yourself to build up this tower of hopeful wishes? Boy, I hope my career takes off. I hope I make more money. I hope my kids are successful. I hope I have a great retirement someday. I hope I can beat cancer. But sometimes when we build up this tower of hopes, it will come crashing down like, like a house of cards. And those are the moments when everything's falling apart, when it's very easy to feel hopeless. Well, maybe you're feeling hopeless at times, but here's the fact. God says something very different. Listen to these beautiful and famous words in Jeremiah chapter 29. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. I might feel hopeless, but God says that I have hope, that I have a future. Now, truth be told, there are a lot of people who misuse this verse and take it way out of context. This is one of the more popular verses, so it's found all over Christian art and household goods, even coffee cups and, and all that kind of stuff. And some people get this idea that God says he has plans and they say, yes, this is great. I have a future. God's going to give me happiness and money and a great life and everything's going to be perfect. I hope that happens soon. But actually, that's not what God's talking about. This has nothing to do with worldly things. When God says he has plans for you and for your future, he's actually talking about heaven. He's talking about your eternal salvation. So God wants you to know that with everything in life, whether good or bad, he's working it toward this future. He's leading you toward this future. And this is not some wish. This is a sure, certain, definite hope for the future. I might feel so hopeless at times, but the fact is God says this, he himself gives me a sure, definite hope, a hope for a future with him. Who am I 
I'm nobody special. You won't see my face ever on a magazine cover when you're checking out your groceries at the store. I haven't invented anything. I'm not the CEO of a Fortune 500 company. You won't see my name in headlines or in the box scores or at the box office for that matter. There are some 7 billion people or so in this world. Who am I? I'm just a nobody. I'm a loser. Ooh, those thoughts, they, they creep in so quickly into our minds, especially in our American culture where we are obsessed with celebrities and athletes and the rich and the famous and people who are in the headlines. It's very easy to feel unimportant in life. I suppose that's part of the reason why social media has such an attraction because admit it, admit it, you like it when you look and you see people have clicked or, or liked your post or your picture. And you feel kind of special when a whole pile of people say happy birthday on Facebook. And yeah, I do kind of like it when there's a whole bunch of views for my daughter's gymnastics videos online. I have these moments where I feel special, but just like that, they're gone. And then I feel like a loser again. Sometimes you may feel like a loser, but here's the fact. God says you're somebody. In fact, you're somebody special. You're not a loser. You're a winner. You're a, a champion. You're a victor. Listen to this verse in 1 Corinthians. Beautiful Bible verse here. Thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So here you have Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the creator of heaven and earth, the savior of all nations, the conqueror of death and hell. Now there's somebody special. And yet what does Jesus do? Jesus places onto you a crown of victory. He gives you a throne to reign and rule on with him. He gives you the victory over death and hell forever. He gives you the victory of eternal life. Sometimes you might feel like a loser, but here's the fact. God says in Jesus, you are a winner, a victor, a champion through what he has done. This week we've been talking a lot about who we are, my identity in Jesus. And if there's one point, one key thing to take home this week, I hope it's this. It is a great blessing for our faith and for our God to know we don't put trust in feelings. We put our trust in facts. And so, yeah, I might feel at times worthless and hopeless and guilty, like a total loser in life. Those are my feelings. But here are some facts for you. There is a bloody cross and an empty tomb and a living Savior that all tell me I am actually loved and forgiven and a precious child of God. Don't put your trust in feelings. Put your trust in facts, in what God says, in what God promises, in what God gives to you through Jesus. Hey, it's Amber L.B. Swenson. You might remember when my podcast, Little Things, was right here on Grace Talks. Or maybe you've never heard of me. 
Either way, I want to invite you to listen to Little Things, which is now its own podcast. We take a look at little things and little ways that we can change our thinking to know and love God more. So please check out Little Things wherever you listen to your podcasts.